Okay, boys. I'm in Ghana now. And the chapter for tonight is the turn of the year. The days were growing longer, but the cold was more intense. Father said, when the day begins to lengthen, the cold begins to strengthen. At last, the snow softened a little on the south and west slopes. At noon, the icicles dripped. Sap was rising in the trees, and it was time to make sugar. In the cold mornings, just before sunrise, Almanzo and Father set out to the maple grove. Father had a big wooden yoke on his shoulders, and Almanzo had a little yoke. From the ends of the yokes hung strips of mosswood bark with large iron hooks on them and a big wooden bucket swinging from each hook. In every maple tree, Father had bored a small hole and fitted a little wooden spout into it. Sweet maple sap was dripping from the spouts into small pails. Going from tree to tree, Almanzo emptied the sap into his buckets. The weight hung from his shoulders, but he steadied the buckets with his hands to keep them from swinging. When they were full, he went to the great cauldron and emptied them into it. The huge cauldron hung from a pole set between two trees. Father kept a bonfire blazing under it to boil the sap. Almanza loved trugging through the frozen wild woods. He walked on snow that had never been walked on before, and only his own tracks followed behind him. Busily, he emptied the little pails into the buckets, and whenever he was thirsty, he drank some of the thin, sweet, icy cold sap. He liked to go back to the roaring fire. He would poke at it and sparks would fly. He warmed his face and hands in its scorching heat and smelled the sap boiling. Then he went into the woods again. At noon, all the sap was boiling in the cauldron. Father opened the lunch pail and Almanzo sat on the log beside him. They ate and talked. Their feet were stretched out to the fire and a pile of logs was at their back. <clears throat> All around them were snow and ice and wild woods, but they were snug and cozy. After they had eaten, Father stayed by the fire to watch the sap, but Almanzo hunted winter, berry, winter green berries. Under the snow on the south slopes, the bright red berries were ripe among the thick green leaves. Almanzo took off his mittens and pawed away at the snow with his bare hands. He found the red clusters and filled his mouthful. The cold berries crunched between his teeth, and gushing out uh, ar their aromatic juice. <clears throat> Nothing else was ever so good as wintergreen berries dug out of the snow. Amonzo's clothes were covered with snow. His fingers were stiff and red with cold, but he never left the south slope until he had pawed it all over. When the sun was low behind the maple trunks, Father snow threw snow on the fire, and it dried in sizzles and steam. Then Father dipped the hot syrup into the buckets. He and Almanzo set their shoulders under the yokes again and carried the buckets home. They poured the syrup into Mother's big brass kettle on the cook cooking stove. Then Almanzo began to dish chores while Father fetched the rest of the syrup from the woods. After syrup, the syrup was ready to sugar off. Mother ladled it into 
six quart milk pans and left it to cool. In the morning, every pan held a big cake of solid maple sugar. Mother dumped out the round and golden cakes and stored them on the top pantry shelves. Day after day, the sap was running, and every morning, Almanza went with father to gather, the, gather and boil it. Every night, mother sugared it off, and they made all the sugar they could use next year. Then the last boiling of syrup was not sugared off. It was stored in jugs down in the cellar, and that was the year's syrup. When Alice came home from school, she smelled Almanzo, and she cried out, Oh, you've been eating winter green berries. She thought it wasn't fair that she had to go to school while Almanzo gathered sap and ate winter green berries. She said, Boys have all the fun. And she made Almanzo promise that he wouldn't touch the south slopes along the trout river beyond the sheep pasture. So on Saturdays, they went together to paw at those slopes. When Almanzo found a red cluster, he yelled, and when Alice found one, she squealed. And sometimes they divided, and sometimes they didn't. But they went on their hands and knees all over those south slopes, and they ate wintergreen berries all afternoon. Almanzo brought home a pailful of thick green leaves, and Alice uh, crammed them into a big bottle. Mother filled the bottle with whiskey and set it away. That was her wintergreen flavoring for cakes and cookies. Every day the snow was melting a little. The cedars and spruces shook it off, and it fell in blobs from the bare branches of the oaks and maples and beeches. All along the walls of the barn and house, the snow was pitted with water falling from the icicles, and finally the icicles fell crashing. The earth showed in wet, dark patches here and there. The patches spread. Only the trodden paths were still white, and a little snow remained on the north sides of the buildings and the woodpiles. Then the winter term of school ended, and spring had come. One morning, Father drove to Malone. Before noon, he came hurrying home and shouted the news from the buggy. The New York potato buyers were in town. Royal ran to help hitch the team to the wagon, and Alice and Almanzo ran to get bushel baskets from the woodshed. They rolled them, um, bibbidi-bumped down the cellar stairs, and began to fill them with potatoes as fast as they could. They filled two baskets before Father drove the wagon to the kitchen porch. Then the race began. Father and Royal hurried the baskets upstairs and dumped them into the wagon, and Almanzo and Alice hurried to fill more baskets faster than they were carried away. Almanzo tried to fill more baskets than Alice, but he couldn't. She worked so fast that she was turning back to the bin while her hoop skirts were swirling the other way and she pushed back her curls, and her hands left smudges on her cheeks. Almanzo laughed at her dirty face, and she laughed at him. Look at yourself in the glass. You're dirtier than I be. They, were, they kept the baskets full, and Father and Royal n never had to wait. The wagon was full, and Father drove away in a hurry. 
It was mid-afternoon before he came back, but Royal and Almanzo and Alice filled the wagon again while he ate some cold dinner. He hauled another load away, and that night Alice helped Royal and Almanzo do the chores. Father was not there for supper. He did not come before bedtime. Royal sat up to wait for him. Late in the night, Almanzo heard the wagon, and Royal went out to help Father curry and brush and tied the horses, who had done twenty miles of hauling that day. The next morning and the next, they began to load by candlelight, and Father was gone with the first load before sunrise. On the third day, the potato train left for New York City, but all Father's potatoes were on it. Five hundred bushels at a dollar a bushel, he said to Mother at supper. I told you when potatoes were cheap last fall that they'd be high in the spring, and that was five hundred dollars in the bank. They were all proud of Father, who had raised good potatoes and knew well when to store them and when to sell them. That's pretty good, Mother said, beaming. They all felt happy, but later Mother said, Well, now that's off our hands. We'll start house-cleaning tomorrow, bright and early. Almanzo hated house-cleaning. He had to pull up the carpet tracks, all of the edges, miles of carpet, and then the carpets were hung on cloth, clotheslines outside, outdoors, <clears throat> and he had to beat them with a long stick. And when he, when he was little, he had to run under the carpets, playing as they were tense. But now he was nine years old, and he had to beat those carpets without stopping till no more dust would come out of them. Everything in the house was moved, everything was scrubbed and scoured and polished, and all the curtains were down, and all the feather beds were outdoors airing, all of the blankets and quilts were washed. From dawn until dark, Amanzo was running, pumping water, fetching wood, cleaning, spreading clean straw on the scrubbed floors, and then helped to stretch the carpets over it, and then tracking all those edges down again. Days and days he spent in the cellar. He helped Royal empty the vegetable bins, and they sorted out every spoiled apple and carrot and turnip and put back the good ones into, the few, into a few bins that Mother had scrubbed. And they took down the other bins and stored them in the wash shed. They carried out crocks and jars and jugs till the cellar was almost empty. Then Mother scrubbed the walls and the floor. Royal poured water into pails of lime, and Almanzo stirred the lime till it stopped boiling and was whitewash. And they whitewashed the whole cellar. That was fun. Mercy on us, Mother said when they came upstairs. Did you get much whitewash on the cellars as you got on yourselves? The whole cellar was fresh, fresh and clean, snow white when it dried. Mother moved her milk pans down to the scrubbed shelves, and the butter tubs were scoured white with sand and dried in the sun, and Almanzo set them in a row and on the clean cellar floor to be filled with the summer's butter. Outdoors, the lilacs and the snowball bushes were in bloom. Violets and buttercups were blossoming in the green pastures, and birds were building their nests, and it was time to work in the fields. All right, the next chapter is called Springtime. Wow, they do a lot of work. I hope you guys are feeling better and that you sleep well tonight. 
I love you. Good night.